Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Football! Yeah! Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Why is it laughing? Why is it funny? Will Darkens. That's the, that's the tackler. <laughs> Presented by Buster's Barbecue. For real deal barbecue, check out bustersbarbecue.com. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. All right, welcome back in hour two of the Center of the Saints. If you miss anything from hour one, go to 1080thefan.com. You can download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. I just flipped over to the uh, Texans-Buccaneers game because it started at 10 o'clock. Uh, Texans are already down, are already up 7-0 on the Buccaneers. Wow, uh, they, shocking. And they almost recovered the uh, fumble on the, uh, the kickoff return by the Buccaneers. There's 14 minutes and six seconds left, and we'll see. I just nobody can yeah. convince me if this that this game is important. Well, <laughs> it's important for the Texans if they win, they clinch their division. All right. Yeah, I, no, I mean, no, you can't convince me it's going to be a good game. No, but I, I'm also giving the uh, the all right because I, I, yeah. Can you name me some success that's come out of the AFC South recently? Ooh, that's a fair. Well, the a couple years ago, the Colts. Went to the uh, champ- NFC AFC Championship game with Andrew. How Lott. many years ago? It's been three. Has it? Yeah, because they were there before the Jaguars. So last year was the uh, Chiefs. Year before it was the Jaguars. Year before that it was uh, the Colts. Wasn't it? Yeah, that's not right. I don't know. I think that's right. I think because he went to two, didn't he? The Deflate Gate year and then uh, and then went again. I think he only and then had he missed one a whole year. season. Eh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But you know what I mean, though, right? No, yeah, like yeah, with the Texans and Colts, it's like the Texans. The Texans have been a promising team. Well, I mean, there you go. The Jaguars were in the NFC AFC Championship game. They're in that division, so they were there two years ago. That's true. There you go. I I, I knew that, but I didn't know a division they were in. So a gold dog going for you. Um, hey, there's two Colts. Th- 2013, by the way. 2013. That's the only one they went to. Who was who was it three years ago then? 2013. Uh, Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 14. Okay. Uh, three years ago was the Steelers. It was the Steelers. Okay, that's fair. Whatever. So Jaguars. Jaguars are the last team to do anything out of that division. And uh, what did oh they do gosh. after that? Yeah, the Patriots. <laughs> I'm looking at the list of it's AFC just Patriots, title. Patriots, Patriots, oh, yeah, it's Patriots, literally Patriots, from Patriots. the 2000s. It's just Re- read it for me because I think this is actually interesting. So uh, we'll start all the way back from the 2000s. This is the list of teams that played in the AFC title game. Uh, in 2000, it was the Ravens and the Raiders, 2001, Patriots, uh, Steelers, 2002, Raiders, t- uh, Titans, 
Then from 03 to, oh, no, not that much. Just go. So 2003, Pat's Colts. 2004, Pat's Steelers. 2005, Steelers. Uh, Broncos. 2006, Colts. Patriots. Seven, Patriots. Chargers. God, I hated that game. <laughs> uh, eight, Steelers. Ravens. Nine, Colts. Jets. Ooh, right. Yeah, Jets went to back-to-back that here. That was so stupid. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and then 10, it was um, Jets. Uh, Jets, Steelers, but then you get into the 2010s and it's like Pats, Ravens, Pats, Ravens, Pats, Broncos, Pats, Colts, Pats, Broncos, Pats, Steelers, Pats, Jaguars, Pats, Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. So it's fair to say that dude, that's um, quite that is quite the run. Dude, the New England think. Patriots were, you could argue, the team of the 2010s. I don't think there's any question. They won three Super Bowls. And they went to five, six. They lost. They lost to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. How many did they go to? Did they lose? They lost another one. Lost didn't they? to the Seahawks. No, they didn't. They lose didn't lose to the Seahawks. Seahawks. That was a. That was a. Well, they lost to the Giants because that's Giants. considered 2010. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So they have they have five appearances in the stinking Super Bowl. Yow. that's crazy to think about. And you know, I, th- I guess what's even crazier about the New England Patriots is that there was such a gap. Because you heard me reading those. There's such a gap between when their uh, golden years were. That's like yeah, the early I, 2000s. Yeah. And then it's not until really like, I don't know, 2013 where they start really winning again. That was the last time that they, you know, the Seahawks Super yep. Bowl that they won. Yep. And then they went on the kind of half decade terror. Yeah. This run that they've been on is just, it's it's insane. And that's why you have the, them playing the Bills tonight. And you go, ah, oh, the Patriots don't look good. Really? You're picking the Bills? All right, they're going to play the Ravens again. That game was pretty close in the regular season. Uh, Ravens go up against the Pats in the playoffs. Let's say they meet in the AFC Championship game. You super confident in the Ravens? Uh, more than others. Sure, I get that. But, you know, I mean, I'm Bill just saying. Bill Belichick looked genuinely confused. Sure. But, during the Ravens game earlier this yeah, season. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't as dominant uh, a performance, though, as I think a lot of people remember it being. The, the Ravens are a very good team. But how good were the Chiefs last year? Really good. How good were the Rams last year? The Rams, the Rams Super Bowl is still befuddling to me how they could just shut them completely down. Well, when you don't have Todd Gurley. I get that, but CJ Anderson rolled through the playoffs. I mean, the, the Rams, uh, like, I know, I know. Dude, they but, got lucky in the NFC title game, and then they yeah, got lucky they in their first round because they played the Cowboys. The Cowboys just don't know how to do the right thing. Yeah. That's a a fair point. And there is a serious argument about what's the worst Super Bowl, that or 2015. 2015 was the Broncos-Panthers? Yes. That's a really hard one. Yeah, but at least at the end, by the way, pick six Texans. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 13-0. It's really consequential 13-0-9 left in the first quarter. Um, Gotta love Jameis Winston. The thing about the 15 Super Bowl is... You got the Peyton Manning, um, Papa John moment at the end, which I think is like, hey, two good guys doing well. That's nice to see. And you got uh, Cam Newton crying like a baby afterwards. So you have those moments. Those are the two moments that I remember from that game. It's Papa John and and Peyton Manning are standing next to each other at the end of the game. And Peyton's just like, I need a Budweiser. And there's Papa John's like, nobody knows I'm racist yet. And then Cam Newton just not talking to anybody in the sulkiest, poutiest possible way. That's all. Those are my memories from that game. You don't remember the strip sack? 
No, I do, but that was supposed to be the moment. Okay. I don't even know what the moment was from last year. Every Super Bowl has the moment. Yeah. Well, again, that's why these are the two worst Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I guess 2015, if you had to nail it down in the moment, it's the strip sack. Yeah. And even that was just lame. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But like, I, oh, cool. They're I remember, still ahead by seven. Yeah, I remember the post game. So it's it's funny because the, you know, I mean, the first overtime Super Bowl before that with the Falcons, the Philly special, the the interception at the end of the Seahawks game, uh, maybe the Percy Harvin kickoff return in the second half uh, just to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Broncos, you're not getting back in this. You know, there's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. And again, you're right. You can go through and you're just like, here's a moment. Here's a moment. Here's a moment. Why well, separate the Seahawks from all the other ones? That was a a route. It was a route, and I guess I would place that third. But the reason I push it so far third is because I could quit watching it. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I couldn't quit watching in 2015 because it was kind of close. And last year, it was like, it really wasn't decided officially until, like, two minutes. Well, but the thing about the Seahawks Super Bowl win over the Broncos that made it exciting, I know that I'm a Seahawks fan, and I get that. And, And tell me if I'm wrong if you're a fan of somebody else. But the thing about that was the Broncos were favored in that game. They had an avaunted defense. They had Peyton Manning, who at that point was a record-setting quarterback. I mean, that that pickup by Elway was like, people were like, oh, his neck, his neck. Dude, he came out and set NFL passing records that year. The Broncos were favored by a lot. The Seahawks' last Super Bowl appearance was just a mess when they played with Hasselback. Russell Wilson, you didn't really know what you had. Yes, the defense was good, but they just ran away with that game. And when the under, if it was, if that game was flipped and reversed, yes, I would have been more upset, but people would have saw that coming. I don't think anybody's seen the Seahawks coming out and doing that to the Broncos. Especially because you remember it was a New York Super Bowl. Yeah, it was the Meadowlands and it was supposed to, like everybody's worried it was going to be cold, but it ended up being like a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have thought the cold would benefit yeah, Denver, they, I, guess, I don't know. It gets cold in Seattle. They called though. that touchdown back. I didn't see what happened, but right now it's just 7 nothing. by the way, for Texans. So if okay. anybody's trying well, to keep – I'm just letting people know. No, I know. You're letting them know, like, how it's going to happen. The Texans are going to just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, they're still going to score. Still this gonna, is how it'll happen. Still going to score here, but it wasn't from the interception. So, hey, let's keep throwing it in the end zone. So, um, anyways, let's get to the NFC playoff scenarios. Keep submitting your uh, craziest moments – Five five three zero five of the decade. Like, what's the story that you'll remember from the 2010s in sports, around sports, related to athletes? I still think Tiger Woods. All of the release of the news. I'm just thinking the Perkins waitresses and Hooters waitresses and everything that came out afterwards. Um, but we'll share ours uh, a little bit later on in this hour. But let's get to the NFC playoff scenarios. We do it next. Center and Saint, 1080 the pin. All right, welcome back in. We're also brought to you by Royal Exteriors. The random headline for this segment is that Motorola has delayed the release of their new Razer phone Damn. because of overly high demand. Wait, what? Too many people want to get their hands on the new Motorola Razer, so they will delay it. According to the company, the delay of the release is thanks to higher than expected demand. Basically the company says that demand is now expected to be so high that they need to delay to start pre-orders. Originally pre-orders were set to begin December 26th, but they have to make more phones just to keep up with pre-orders. It's a all touchscreen. Did you ever have a Motorola razor? Oh, I don't think I ever did the razor because the, the razor, it, there was a time at which the Razer was only specific to singular wireless, and I had Verizon. I had it and, on AT&T. 
Did you? Well, yeah. AT and T singular became yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And um, I did the what was it called? It was the one that it could flip out and you had a full keyboard. Ooh, I don't remember what it was called. Never had it, but I do know which one you're talking yeah, about. I picture. I it. had that, and I even had that into college too, and everybody was st- getting smartphones. Uh, yeah. I still had that thing because I loved texting on it. It was yeah. so freaking easy. And then I was like, oh yeah, you can do internet on your phone now. Yeah, I should do that. Um, but the razor it looks slick. So you open it up, and then you have two. It looks like two touch screens, in on a flip hmm. phone. So I don't know. I like the razor. I like the certainly the profile of it. And so a lot of people are going smaller, and you don't need everything. On your phone, so I, I don't know, man. I don't think I could go back to a flip phone. I don't know. I would take a look at it. I would go in store and play with it because um, I did like the smaller iPhones. My wife still has one of the, what was it, the six SE or whatever it is that's got like the little smaller profile. Yeah, I kind of like those. So, anyways, uh, that that headline brought to you by Royal Exteriors. Uh, triple pane windows are up to sixty percent less than double pane. Royal Exteriors LLC dot com. I'm going to sneeze. So if you want to say words, it passed. Um, dramatic. I know, but <coughs> bless you. I know I was going to put the cough thing on, but since we talked about it, I figured I'd just sneeze right in the microphone and then, you know, whoever's here on Monday, they can get sick. Oh wait, it's me. Deals, uh, texting in on the, uh, better you today, text sign five, five, three, zero five. He guessed a, uh, sidekick for what I was describing. Sidekick, yeah. it, it was not a sidekick though. So it sounds right though. Uh, it, it sounds <laughs> right. But the sidekick was that thing where you hit the button and it would do like a Full oh, 180. Oh, do a sidekick. Yeah, it would go what? Kick flip. Like that. Um, but the one I had was it was literally just like you unfolded it. Yeah. But sidekicks were dope. I remember wanting one, but you had to be on T-Mobile to get them. That was the weird T-Mobile. part. See, I don't remember all the carriers that had which phones. See, that was the weird part about uh, cell phones, like back in the 2000s, was like yeah, they, they had carrier-specific yeah. phones, and now it's just kind of like whatever you got, just come on in. Yeah, I was a late adopter of the smartphone, and I ended up, I think I just took my wife's hand-me-down original iPhone because my phone just stopped working. And I needed it, and I was like, ah, I'll just take that. She already upgraded or something. And I was like, ooh, yeah, pretty nice. Uh, I would say smartphones are one of those things, and maybe people disagree, but for me, like, it's always that, like, you say, I don't need that. I don't need yeah. that. I don't need it. And then you get, like, one of the nice ones, and you go, oh, yeah. I just realized I need this. You don't need it. Oh, I need it. But <laughs> just, well, just... Think of the things that you would have to carry around to equal the power that you have in your smartphone. Alarm clock, calendar, email. A modem. <laughs> uh, a hard drive. Your music is on there. Videos on there. I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, we were you, you and I, before the show, we were listening to some music over the uh, PA system uh, here at the station, and we, I just plugged in my phone, put on Apple Music. Boop. There you go. So, anyways. Um, so, NFC... Playoff scenarios. Mm. This is a short list, which is awesome. Okay. Again, for anybody that's listening, Will does not understand how this works. So when I'm speaking slowly, it's not because I think the listeners are stupid. It's because Will has a very hard time with playoff scenarios. Mm. Here are the teams that we know are in the NFC playoffs. Saints have clinched the NFC South division. Green Bay Packers have clinched a playoff berth. San Francisco 49ers have clinched a playoff berth. Seattle Seahawks have clinched a playoff berth. Here are the scenarios that we're looking at for games in week 16. If the Green Bay Packers win or tie against the Minnesota Vikings, they will clinch the NFC North. I understand Ah, that. Perfect. These are super simple, so I hope that you do. Okay. Cowboys, with a win over the Eagles, both teams 7-7. They play Sunday at 425 Eastern time, 125 Pacific. 
Um, if the Dallas Cowboys win, they clinch the Eastern Division. That would eliminate the Eagles from the playoffs. Okay, that makes okay. sense too. So now, if the Eagles win, we're still in limbo. It will then go to Week 17. Mm-hmm. If the Vikings win or tie, or the Rams lose, the Vikings guarantee a playoff spot. See, all these make sense. What you're referring to with no, no, my confusion is the, after week 17 yeah. where they go, okay, you'll play this guy. And yeah, by the way, no. if you lose in the first round wild card, you'll actually go down to this one. Yeah. And It's a reseeding that they do. Uh, but but so anyways, what, here's what's really interesting about this is remember when we did the AFC, we went through all the scenarios for first round buys for, uh, for number one overall seed for the, Pan- for the Ravens have a chance to do this. There are four teams that are already in the playoffs. Cowboys and Vikings, all they need to do is win or tie, and they're in. So it's going to be the Seahawks, Saints, Packers, 49ers, and the Vikings, and probably the Cowboys. The Eagles are the only team that are there, and that's for a division win. You still have no idea who the one through four seed is going to be. The Vikings still have an opportunity to be the one seed in the NFC. It's a long shot, albeit, but there are five teams that could still be the one seed, depending on how everything shakes out over the next two weeks. I got to say, I, that's I can't, cool. I can't remember the last time that there were so many quality teams on one side of the division, like just quality teams. I yeah, mean, the only one there? you can throw out is the Cowboys or Eagles. But yeah. after that, like everybody's good. There are five. Yeah, there are five teams you do not want to play. But see, this is this is the element of that is. If you're the Seahawks and the 49ers, the division's still up in the air. If you don't win the division, guess who you get to play mm. in wildcard weekend? Mm. Cowboys. Oh. Because you end up being the five seed and you play against the four seed. You go into Dallas, you get to play against the Cowboys. Now, obviously, you want the bye. That's better than playing a team. But if you end up being the, the three seed and then you have to go and play the Vikings or the Packers... That doesn't sound very fun. Well, here's the thing, Luke. Yes. Stephen A. Smith says that we really need to watch out for the Cowboys because they're an unpredictable team with <laughs> a good quarterback. So I think we need to really focus on the Cowboys and respect their talent and their body of work because well, it's the playoffs or anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anything can happen in the playoffs. They do have a good running game. Mm-hmm. We're not That's looking right. at paying attention to that, Zeke. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the uh, Texans just blocked a field goal by the Buccaneers, by the way. I got to say, I think one of the most nauseating parts of this football season, of the NFL season, um, has been the coverage of the Cowboys. (laughs) Well, it's it's because they're they're nothing. They're not even bad. No, they're they're just they're they're banal. They they they're not interesting. Nothing is interesting about them at all. Anything. (laughs) The most interesting part was Zeke Elliott holding out. And yep. that didn't even help nope. because you can be, you're barely getting into the playoffs and you might have a losing record getting in. Yeah. Like I, 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 and, and every single time I go on ESPN, uh, either watching on TV or I go on the front page of NFL or here on the radio, one of the national shows, they talk about the Cowboys Yeah, and I get that it's America's team and all that, but like, are there still a large amount of people that are outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area 
didn't give an yeah, S about them. People love the Cow- swag. He loves the Cowboys. Joe Fish loves the Cowboys. We got Cowboys fans in this building that are diehard Cowboy fans. I mean, but and you by know the way, it's going to happen, right? And they can't they can't get in with a losing record. They yeah. play two division games. They have to win one of them to get in, so they'll be eight and eight. But yeah, I just it, which, I mean, which is even more which which makes it your point even more accurate, which. They can go in at 500, which would be more appropriate because if they go in with a losing record, at least that's interesting. Yeah. They'll go in at 500. See, and that's the thing. What made them so exciting even <laughs> in the past five years, Jerry Jones, right, the quarterback situation. Oh, my gosh, Zeke Elliott. Oh, he's a wild card. Oh, oh, geez. oh my gosh, Jason Witten's coming back. All that stuff now is just so on the reg that, like, you don't care. The Better You Today text line reminds you that you're talking about the Cowboys. All right. Great. Oh, my gosh. And Jerry Jones is so interesting. After every single game, did you know after every single game, like sometimes you get lucky enough that he'll talk to the press? (gasps) Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, will he fire Jason Garrett? Because he hasn't done it for the past decade. Like, seriously, they're not interesting anymore. And any Cowboy fan right now that wants to keep watching them and keep believing in whatever this is, like, good for you. You're you're brain dead at this point. I mean, really, you're just, there's nothing left for you. Listen, you know, it, you're going to lose in the playoffs. You'll lose right in the first round and you won't even lose in a spectacular way. You'll lose 24 to 17. Now I'm kind of rooting for the Cowboys in the playoffs. See what no, you've done to it. me. See what you've done to me. Oh, great, man. Just go for every it. week that they win, I, I get more of this from you. I take you as a smart person. I wouldn't take you as somebody who would waste your time like that, but you know, go ahead. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. It's like, uh, please move on from it. Like the Patriots are America's team in a certain way that we can all hate them because they give us the fodder to hate them. Sure. There's nothing even to hate about the Cowboys, man. They're just pathetic. They are. They have a wrinkly old owner who has a. Yeah, who doesn't though? Well, but he has a (laughs) a, a small member uh, complex. What? If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're suggesting that uh, little Jerry is little. Yeah, little Jerry is little. And, like, it's the same thing every single season. Oh, my gosh. Are they going to franchise Dak Prescott? Does it matter? He's not that great. That's true. He's very he's, – he's average. He's very average. But his numbers were spectacular. Remember, he was in the MVP race for a little while. I mean, dude, they're the Titans. Ooh. That's it. They're the Titans. They're the NFC equivalent of the Titans. Not interesting enough to watch. Wait, would you call that eh, the Texans are a little more interesting than that? I was going to say. Yeah, they got yeah. a great quarterback. They do. They Well, they have an up and down quarterback. At least you can, there's ebbs and flows. Yeah. The, <laughs> there's no ebbs and flows with the Cowboys. You know what you're getting. I was having this conversation. Stupid owner, crappy coach. I was having this conversation with Nemec. It's better to be interesting than average. Dak Prescott runs down the middle line. Deshaun Watson is going to win the game or lose the game for you. He's interesting to watch because you tune in, you don't know what you're going to get. They might both have the same rating as far as you look at it. When you when you look at the, the season, you go, all right, yeah, those guys are about the same as far as the numbers or whatever, but it's like one guy goes by just going two touchdowns, one interception, two touchdowns, one interception, 250 yards, whatever. The other guy goes 170 yards with four picks, and then the next game he goes five touchdowns for 402 or whatever. And they get to the same place, but they do it in very different fashion. So I'd much rather take uh, the Texans there. But Oh, and by the way, do you remember one of the most interesting storylines at the beginning of this? Jason uh, Witten coming season? back? Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't even really up Jason, front. Jason Witten. No, no, but Jason Witten might be the embodiment of what you're saying about the Cowboys. Because how interesting was he as a broadcaster? So he went back to make the team just as boring as he was when he was broadcasting. Yeah, and he's a boring player, too. Yeah, oh, super boring. Um. 
the other thing was, remember Kellen Moore? Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator. He's going to really fire things up. Well, he's the... Fire things up! He's the new offensive young guru of our times. Do you remember what made him a guru? No, I can't recall. It's, it's motions. Oh, jeez. That's what did it. He's moving players around the field. Watch out. First one to think of that. You know what that does? It doesn't There's that just, guys moving before the snap. Isn't that just a trick to help the uh, slow quarterback get his reads earlier? Well, I mean, it was meant to move the defense so you could read it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's a trick to help a quarterback that can't figure it out after the snap. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had a better quarterback, you would need all those gimmicks. He is a great quarterback. Yeah. That's what everybody says, right? Sure. That's what all the like national media says. Oh, my gosh. And did you hear that Dak Prescott shoulder is ready like it's ready for this week against that uh, like for that game that nobody cares about like that's really exciting yeah what is the most exciting moment in sports what's Campbell's soup commercials suck (laughs) what's the uh wildest moment uh in the sports decade we'll get to that uh next but first uh, your sports center update it is christmas this week Yup, just realized that. Dinner uh, shopping yet? No. Christmas Eve, liquor store. We already discussed this. All right. Brothers, uh, whiskey, whiskey. Uh, I'll probably go to the pot store. Kids, beer. Uh, no, I got something for the kids already. They don't need anything. Listen, somebody asked Schlitz. me. The, somebody asked me the other day. So my 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 twin daughters are three years old, and and one of the women in the office uh, comes up and she goes, "Oh, uh, what are the kids asking for from Santa Claus?" They kind of understand what's going on with Santa Claus. They turned three in November, uh, so they're not very old. And I don't feed them a lot of information about Santa and, like, oh, you can ask for anything you want in the world. So she goes, what did they ask for? I go, nothing. I didn't tell them they were allowed to ask for anything. Did that make me bad? Eh. One of the girls goes, oh, my shoes are too tight. And we already bought her shoes, and she's getting them for Christmas. I hope she's not listening. It's a little tough love. And so I I go, oh, maybe you should ask Santa for shoes. So she asked for shoes. I don't think that makes me bad. Oh. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know. All right. All right. Craziest sports moments of the 2010s. So I was thinking about people and moments. Okay. I'm going to submit a couple people that had crazy sports decades to you, and, and you tell me what you think of, uh, of these entrants sure. into it. Tim Tebow. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. Tim Tebow won a NFL playoff game in the decade. He won a Heisman Trophy, couple national championships. Uh, now he's playing baseball. Didn't he win the Heisman in '09? Ah, yeah, maybe you're right. But until he won the the national championship, then. Uh, but Tim yeah. Tebow, Tim Tebow, T- Tim Tebow's entire storyline for the decade. I got where you're going. Yeah, is, all right. To me, is absolutely crazy. Conor McGregor. Mm, yeah. Rose to stardom. That boxing match, pretty crazy. Uh, also, UFC, Ronda Rousey. Uh, as a moment, she got really big and got knocked out. Not as big as Conor McGregor. Yeah. She was kind of a flash in the pan, I guess I would say. I guess this, I don't know if this counts. I guess this counts as a moment. Speaking of flashes in the pan, how about this for a crazy sports moment? Lynn Sanity. Yeah. Now, Lynn Sanity was great. <laughs> Lynn Sanity was awesome. Yeah. And Jeremy Lynn's still playing in the NBA, question mark? No, he's not. Okay. 
Is he uh, like, there's a whole story um, around. Uh, I think they did like an E60 thing on him where Pretty he's good. like super depressed that he's not in the league Pretty anymore. Pretty good little career, though. He had played for a long time. It's like, hey, you got all this money. You have a Harvard education. Yeah. I think you're going to be okay. It. Yeah, but it becomes your identity, too. I mean, he was Linsanity. And then, you know, he held on in the league for a long time. And yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. What do you got? What do you got for me? What do you got for uh, crazy well, sports moments? But I thought I thought the Tim Tebow one was interesting. The Tim Tebow one is very good. Um, there's a couple of I, I guess crazy sports moments, and if you have to go with just um, if you have to go with just narratives, I would yep. say soccer in the United States. Uh, okay. More than any other decade, this was a very polarizing time for United States soccer in that the men sucked. Uh, <laughs> later, you had uh, Landon Donovan's uh, 90, 90th minute goal. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was really, really good. But then just this tremendous drop off. Yeah. And then at the end of the decade, you had Megan Rapino and the um, and the women's soccer team fighting for pay equality and yeah. kicking ass everywhere. Well, and Carly Lloyd uh training for the NFL potentially well, going kicker, into the yeah. next decade. So uh, oh, also Chad Johnson, by the way, is going to try to make it back to the NFL as a kicker. Huh. Did you see that? He plays soccer, like at a, I guess a pretty high level for an amateur, huh. um, but he's going to try to make an NFL comeback as a kicker. So him and Carly Lloyd potentially trying out for the Chicago bears to be their kicker. Next you year. go Chad Johnson. You go. What, you if wacky come, guy. what if it comes down to Chad Johnson and Carly Lloyd for the, to be the kicker on your NFL team? How excited are you? I'll take Carly. I'm, I'm assuming she's more talented and more stable. How about the decade LeBron James had? Uh, yeah, LeBron James, I think probably your crazy sports moments, the block. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying the arc of his career, because the decision was going into the 2010-11 season, yep, right? Yep. So you have the decision. Goes to Miami, not as fruitful as you would hope. Uh, they do get two championships, which is great. Goes back, wins the first championship for Cleveland in forever, and now he's finishing out the decade, coming off of his first season that he's missed the playoffs in forever, a little chipped up, but now he's leading uh, the number one team in the Western Conference in his first, first uh, well, I guess, second season in the Western Conference. So, Well, when you put it in retrospect, three teams in one decade is kind of nuts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, and he went to eight straight NBA Finals in that decade. I mean, it's pretty bananas. Uh, now, I don't know how much this is a. Uh, I don't know how much this is a uh, a mom- <laughs> crazy moment or just like awesome butt fumble. Yeah, that's a pretty good sports. <laughs> butt fumble is incredible. You talk about that guy's career too. <laughs> yeah, butt fumble was hilarious. It was. The it was the defining moment of the Jets in the 2010s for sure. Yes, it was the what final was moment of like, okay, we're done with Rex Ryan. Rex and Mark Sanchez. Yeah, like this this experiment is over. Yeah, those guys just tied together for that too. Uh, another one. How about, uh, can we just say Oregon football? I mean, if we're, I, by we're, the way, 2012, butt fumble. Nice. Uh, but as far as like little arcs through the decade, how about Oregon's decade? Yeah, Chip Kelly and Oregon Blur football. Offense. Yeah, I mean you go well, you go blur, but you go blur offense, and then they had a stretch over the last four years, five years, where they had three head coaches in a three-year period. The Willie Taggart thing was pretty crazy. You go to a national championship two years later. Helfrich is like, "See you, buddy." You win the first Heisman Trophy for the school. 
it was quite a decade for Oregon football. If you just far, follow the timeline, mm-hmm. you talk about ups and downs. I mean, obviously, they're on the rise leaving the decade, so that's positive. But that was a pretty kind of wild uh, run that the Ducks had. I've been expecting a 30 for 30 to happen. Yeah. Because, I don't know. It did revolutionize football. Yeah, I would watch that in a second. That sounds actually really interesting. I'm actually highly surprised you have not said something. Oh. Okay. I mean, it involves your Hawks. Sure. And it, it wasn't the best moment. Fail Mary, bro. I didn't even think of that in this decade. What year was that? 2012. The Fail Mary was, the way that I watched the Fail Mary too was so interesting because I was in Hawaii on vacation. My wife and I had a snorkel cruise. So I'm like, I'm going to watch the first half of this game. And what they do in Hawaii, for anybody that doesn't know, because it was a Monday night game, they play the Monday night game twice because it originally kicks off at like three in the afternoon. So they just play it back to back on the ESPN or ABC or whatever it was on at the time. So I watched the first half and there's no DVR in the hotel room, but we go on the snorkel cruise, come back right at halftime. So I did not miss a second. If you remember that game, the Seahawks were dominating the Packers in the first half, and the second half was unwatchable. The whole, like every single play, there was a flag. You'd get two positive plays, and you move back 15 yards, and the entire second half was just terrible. And my wife didn't know what happened. She goes, I don't know what happens at the end of this game, but the Internet has lost their mind. She wasn't nearly as interested as I was. And then the fail Mary happens, but it, that was the game that got rid of all of the uh, replacement referees. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's it's a, it's funny how 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 much happens in a decade. Uh, now, kind of uh, piggybacking off the crazy craziest moments. What was your uh, I should say up off the couch moment? Like it happened, and you were like, "What the f?" You like got up, and you were like, "Whoa, no way!" Well, we talked about this last night with the Beastquake run, which was 2010 to start the decade. That was uh, the playoff uh, run, but that Barshawn Lynch run run i was standing on the back of the couch i stood up i was standing on the back of my in-laws couch uh for that and i have no idea how i got there it was just one of those things that just was absolutely insane the jaw droppingest moment was of course the pick in the super bowl that the seahawks threw um i mean you mentioned these yesterday the two like off the couch moments two of the the game winners for dame in the playoffs Somebody texted that in. Yeah, I mean, but, both of them. The one against uh, OKC last year was just holy cow. And But the, the one against the Rockets that you mentioned, I was in a Buffalo Wild Wings for the one uh, against the Rockets, and I remember just losing my mind running around the bar. Um, I would have to say another one that gets close to that is Ray Allen's step back. Yeah. And I was watching that game at a D.C. bar, and um, it's a D.C. bar. There's nobody that has really any – reason to be cheering for these two teams but the atmosphere was incredible like everybody was into it and when he hit that shot everyone was just freaking out because it was so it was so incredible and then when you see the replay and how just masterfully he somehow just knowing where you are on the court to make sure your feet are behind the line and then shoot and that is the greatest moment of sports awareness i've ever seen in my entire life (sighs) at san antonio holmes oh no dude Ray Allen, literally, it was precision. San Antonio Holmes, there was a twinge of luck to it. <laughs> Ray Allen's that was ball literally... was put in the only spot he could catch and getting the feet down at the back. I'm just saying it, dude. Ray Allen gets the rebound, calls for it. He yeah. literally knows to the like yep. 
yeah, millisecond no, how much time's left. Yeah. Makes the exact steps back. It's, he's not even like he's not even straddling the line. He's yeah. like perfectly in place in the corner. There's a there's a shot. I don't know that it was a significant shot, but I remember seeing Sean Elliott hit a three in like the first Spurs run where he caught the ball and his heels never touched the ground, but they would have been out of bounds. And he goes just goes straight up without his heels hitting the ground and shoots a three from the corner. I was just like, what the hell just happened? It's but it was sick. like, yeah, if you put your feet feet all the way down the ground, stayed on the toes. I must say, though, the text line has a very good point. Better you today text line. The Major League Baseball uh, decade, if you look at the champions, they left one out on here, but they say uh, Cubs, Royals, Astros, Nationals, crazy. The Madison Bumgarner World Series was absolutely insane, too. I mean, the Giants won the first three of the first five uh, winning in even years and then never made it to the playoffs in the odd years. It was absolutely bonkers, uh, the Major League Baseball championship runs. Somebody mentions David Tyree's catch. That was last decade. That was last. The Mario Manningham one was this this decade. All right. <laughs> Wasn't as great, but still no, no, pretty but it beat awesome. the Patriots twice, right? Yeah. That was, that was, was that? the sideline, right? Yeah. Yeah, he literally just yeah. barely got um, in. Do you remember the Julian Edelman catch? That uh, the like he oh, bumped the ball the Falcons, and it yeah. just hovered there against the Falcons. Yeah. And they replayed that a million times and just seeing that he got his hands under it. I would say if you had to rank that in decades or uh, categorize it, I would say that is the greatest turning point of the decade. Yeah. Because literally after that catch, everything started clicking. Yeah, and then it gets to over. I mean, 28-3. There's a yeah. crazy moment. I, I've never seen anything happen that deflated a team so badly yeah. before. Like, uh, that, that was crazy to me. It, it, like, the catch happened, and yeah. then all of a sudden, the Patriots just started moving. It's crazy that we're going into the 2020s, uh, but it was a great decade in sports. But I'd say, you know, the best thing that happened in the decade was, you know, the birth of the sinner and the saint. No? Womp, 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 womp. Crickets? What's he doing? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you what to watch this weekend. Uh, it's what to watch next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Greatest drop of our show's decade. You know, I'm going to watch Norbit. Which is most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. <laughs> And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. And are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. We've got some big-time bowl games. Las Vegas Bowl, New Orleans Bowl. We've got some NFL Saturday. Obviously, a big day Sunday. Will Darkens, what are you watching this weekend? Last game of the day. Definitely yeah. going to watch that Rams 49ers game. This is going to be an intriguing game because the Rams are so hot and cold. Like, it's that they don't really have that great of a chance to get into the playoffs, but they're still good enough to take on a team like this that just lost to Atlanta. This is a very, very intriguing game, especially since it's in San Francisco and that environment. 
has like gotten a million times better since they've started winning. Yeah, what funny how that makes such a difference. <laughs> well, and Kyle Shanahan is uh, also uh, probably getting up to this game where Sean McVay got so much praise for being the best young coach in the history of the thing. Kyle Shanahan grew up in the game and is a very bright coach himself, so uh, I think it's interesting to watch that. Well, and McVay too. I, I've I've thought about this lately. McVay's going to get the John Harbaugh treatment. Ooh, he's going to grow. People are going to get tired of him. and then No, he's gonna, he'll never get fired. Oh, John Harbaugh. Yeah. I was thinking Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah, where he'll just be there forever. Yeah. I hope as so. long as he yeah, wants to. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, there's no reason to fire him. Yeah. The, the personnel moves have put him in the position that they're in right now. And uh, he needs to get out some out from under some bad contracts to Todd Gurley and potentially Jared Goff. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Something to keep an eye on with the Seahawks-Cardinals game. Uh, I know it's not the the most intriguing game of the weekend, but right now, Russell Wilson sits tied with Tom Brady for the most wins in the first eight seasons. He has 86 wins. He's obviously got this game. He could set the record today, and then, of course, he has San Francisco next week. Um, but Russell Wilson, as far as a start to a career, they don't get a whole lot better. I've now, seen better. Uh, but he, as as much as his defense has been there for him, and it's a run first team, Russell Wilson uh, has been a great passer. So just something to keep an eye on is that the Cardinals' pass defense and total defense worst in the league. So you could see uh, some fireworks from Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks against the Cardinals. Yeah. It'll be a good NFL weekend. I just, again, kind of sucks everything's on the NFL network. Dude, the thing to watch, though, Monday night, Vikings-Packers. Yeah, that's that going to be a good awesome. quality game. Uh, that is in Minnesota, correct? Uh, yes. I mean, either way, both it's indoors, are great. So, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, Minnesota still has an outside chance of getting the one seed. They can win the division, obviously, but they won't decide it this week. Packers uh, win, and they they win the division. So, anyways, so yeah, great games uh, this weekend. Should be a fun one. And then, isn't it weird that like Aaron Rodgers is better when he's not exciting? Yeah. And uh, I'll remind everybody, we are back again Monday hosting primetime. Next Saturday when we do this show, we'll be getting you ready for the college football playoff and week 17 in the NFL. Uh, so if we don't see you on Monday, everybody have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we got a couple dusting cams in the morning. We got plenty to do next week, but for right now, we're done. Bye-bye. Christ. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law